This is Against the Norm with Nick Craig. This is Against the Norm. My name is Nick Craig. Thank you so much for joining me on this Sunday evening, a couple days into the month of February. You can visit our website, atnshow.com. That's atnshow.com, where you can download our podcast each and every week. You can also check out the video version of the program as well, all on our website, atnshow.com. Well, uh, Sunday, the, the the big game, as it's uh, as it's called, uh, taking place. And um, well, we've got we've got your political fix because I know not everybody um, is into the uh, world of major sports this year. As things, you know, how pretty much everything has turned political, right? I mean that that's I'd say one of the disadvantages of Trump was that because he was so uncontrollable, everything had to turn political. Think about that for a second. Prior to Donald Trump, do you remember non-political things being so politically charged? Now, I I understand this started under the Obama administration. And to be fair, social media has amplified this a lot. And if you look at the last 10 years, social media has gone from something that really only a few people have to now everybody has got a Twitter and a Facebook, whatever it may be. So I understand part of it is just timing and, and the, the use of these services. So, so take that for what it's worth. But everything now is political. And it, and it, and it sucks because you, everything doesn't need to be political. Right. And I didn't watch hardly any NFL this season. I'm, I've, I have for tw- the first 24 years of my life. Well, not maybe not the, four, the first couple of years, but since I was a little kid, always watch football every Sunday with my father. Pittsburgh Steelers fan, went to games, the whole thing. Beginning of the season, when everything started with the kneeling for the, or maybe it started last season. Yeah, last season with the kneeling for the national anthem and the NFL coming out and making all these ridiculous claims and teams sitting and standing in the locker room. It just, it just was a real turnoff to me. And I decided I'm not really going to follow football this year. And I held pretty true on that. I watched maybe a football game or two not alone, uh, but in social settings with other people. This is coming from a, a guy that every single Sunday, you know, even when I was doing this radio show, would plan the radio show around what time my football, favorite football team was playing, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or the, the, the late game. So you know, I wasn't a passive football watcher. I was a very adamant football watcher each and every week. From 1 o'clock when the games came on, Till 10 p.m., I had football on. I decided to disconnect this year, and I probably aren't, I'm probably not going to come back. And, and and there's a couple reasons for it. Not just because football is the, the devil. That's not true. I don't agree with their politics, and I don't think politics should be in the game at all, first of all. And second of all, I found myself having a whole lot more time on the weekends, a lot less anxiety-ridden and stressed out about some stupid arbitrary score for a football game. How many touchdowns a quarterback throws or did my fantasy team do well? I should have played this guy. And it's just, I found myself to have a lot more free time and not be worried about, frankly, and I'm not taking a shot at anybody that that likes football again, because I still do like football. I just don't watch it. Um, It's just stupid. It's a waste of time. It doesn't do anything for you. Now, you could make the argument that 
90% of the things I do on a daily basis is a waste of time too. That's fine to each of their own. Um, but why, but everything is so political. You're even seeing it now with, with, with my pillow. And obviously Mike Lindell is a bit of a controversial figure. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but you know, this guy's now being canceled, right? All of a sudden he is political. Now I, I had the opportunity to interview and meet him a couple of years ago, uh, at CPAC in Washington, DC. And this guy, Mike Lindell has gone through hell and back. I mean, he was a serious drug addict, served time in prison, and came out of that and started a company. And by the way, faith is a huge part of his redemption and his story. He's got a couple, uh, maybe two books, at least one, incredible reads, to see what it's like to be at, at, at your lowest possible low. And then to come back from that is just, is just incredible. And now this man's being canceled because he's a Trump supporter. And I know he's got his new uh, thing out, his exposed uh, video, apparently, that's going through the election. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um, not sure if I even will watch it. And let me tell you why. There's a couple things here. The election is over. I know this might be controversial to some people, but the election's over. And I, I know fraud and, and, and voter irregularities and all this stuff, fine. None of it's going to change anything. Joe Biden is the 46th president. And I know, though, there's lawsuits and, and sealed indictments and all this other nonsense. The election is not going to change. There's no plan. There's nothing going to happen. There is not going to be any military tribunals. There is no, none of this garbage nonsense that certain people on the right are peddling are going to turn out. Joe Biden is going to be the president for the next four years. That's the reality of the story. So I'm not saying that the work that people like Mike Lindell are doing is not important. I just think people are getting way too fixated on them. It's not going to change the outcome of the election. I mean, it's February. It's over. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but somebody you know, sometimes people need a reality check, and this is one of them. So haven't had a chance to watch his uh, the Mike Lindell. I think it's called Exposed. Haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, or excuse me, it's called Absolute Proof. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'll probably skim through it. Um, it's a little long, but I'll probably skim through it this week. You can check it out. It's, it's, it's all over the internet. Um, well, it was all over the internet. It's being banned from everything now, but it's available on, on websites like Gab and BitChute. So it is available. It's called Absolute Proof. Take that, take that for what it's worth. It's like two hours long. So that's out there, and, 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 and that's good. Um, but again, just going back to... Uh, you know, moving forward with things, right? We've got to be willing, and 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 I've, we're still dealing with this inside the GOP, and we've got a lot of things. Of course, this week, um, of course, uh, Taylor Green was stripped of her committee ships this past week. She's uh, she's the senator from uh, from Georgia. She's been a, an avid Trump supporter. Has come out and and just been talking about Trump and voter fraud and all that stuff. They decided that they were going to strip her of her um, her committee ships. Fine, what, you know, whatever whatever they want to do, they voted on it. It is what it is. I don't agree with it, but it, whatever. I mean, what, again, what are you going to do? And that's what the, that's what this stuff comes down to. And it kind of works back into that story about about football, right? And sports in general. And again, I love sports. We put so much time into something so arbitrary that we have 
no impact on. Right? We have no control over what happens in a, in a football game. We have no control. And you can make the argument this shows the same way. Right? I don't have any control over the exact things I'm talking about, but I'm involved locally. I'm involved at a national level. I worked for the Trump campaign in 20, 2020. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not ashamed to say it at all. So as we progress through the next year, right, we're about to hit our one-year anniversary of being locked down forever, maybe it's something to think about. Maybe it's time to disconnect, and as I've said multiple times, I think that the deplatforming of conservatives on social media is going to turn out to be a great thing because social media is terrible. It's miserable. We, it, it's just, it, it's, it's not good at all. There's, there's, har- there's hardly any redeeming features of social media. I mean, it really, it, it's just, it, it is. It, it, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing great about social media. So what things can you have a direct impact on over the next two years? In the case of November of this year, there's municipal elections in a lot of states. Lots of communities. In Wilmington, we've got uh, city council seats and a mayoral race in November. Are you involved in those? Did you even know that there were municipal elections this year? Probably not. Because it's not national politics. And that's not what we focus on. But there is. Pretty important to me. Should be pretty important to you. I care about the future of the city of Wilmington. I care about what happens in what happens in the city. Taxes. In, intriguing businesses or enticing businesses to come and, and operate in, in and around Wilmington, in and around southeastern North Carolina. I care about that. So are you involved for this upcoming election cycle? How about 2022? I know it's far ways out, but you can start getting ready. You can start getting involved in groups, start getting ready to go. And when you're called upon, you're, you're, you're ready. You've got the tools you need. You've got, you've got, you're ready to go. You can be helpful. You can be useful. I think that's something that we all need to focus a little bit more on. Right? Because you know, we can all have outrage. And we all do have outrage. Right? There's things to be upset about. Things that the Biden administration is doing. Things that the Democrats are doing. But do we have any change over those? Or do we just complain about them? Because just complaining, frankly, doesn't do anything. Welcome back to the program. This is Against the Norm. Thank you so much for joining me. You can visit our website, atnshow.com. I want to just quickly touch on uh, something from the last segment. I was talking about complaining and, and, and again, all this stuff with election fraud and all that, it's all super important. Don't get me wrong. I think we need to be able to learn from what happened. But this, the fact that some people on the right can't just get over the fact that the results are the results, with or without fraud, which again, at this point, it just doesn't matter. And some people just can't seem to grasp this. It's not going to change anything. Again, we can use what we learned going forward to protect ourselves in elections in 2022 and 2024, but you're not changing the outcome of the 2020 general election. You're not. The Supreme Court's not going to do it. Again, this nonsense that the military, there's going to be some military coup. It's nonsense. 
And if you believe that stuff, you're insane. There is no evidence to prove anything like that is going to happen. There's no evidence whatsoever. This whole cue and trust the plan BS, it's nonsense. None of it has ever been proven. None of, nothing has come true. It's all been a facade to make people sit, sit at home and not get involved. And the reason I bring this up is because it's easy to complain, right? And a great example, look at the past year. Let's look at the past year. Donald Trump did everything wrong with COVID according to the Democrats and to the media, right? Did nothing correctly. Nothing. Everything he did was wrong. It was a constant misstep. So here we are. We fast forward almost a year to when this first started. Vaccines are now available, which, by the way, Trump said would be available by the end of 2020. They were. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, all these so-called medical experts said it was impossible. Well, they were wrong. Shocker. The vaccines were available. Now the vaccines are in the hands of state governments, and they have not a clue what to do. We talked about the vaccine numbers a couple weeks ago on this program. They have not a clue what to do. So while they spent a year, Andrew Cuomo in particular, spent, and Gavin Newsom, spent a year saying everything that Trump did with COVID was bad, they themselves had no plan. And that's why I said it's easy to complain because anybody can complain about anything. But yet again, the Democrats have proven that their complaints don't translate into good action. It's easy to say Trump did everything bad. You know what it's hard to do? is to do things good yourself. I mean, I can complain about anything. But it's really hard to go and actually make change. And it's a lot of work. And sometimes that's not always possible. So it's real easy to say, oh, this Trump guy, we got to vote him out of office. Because he's handled COVID terribly. All right. Well, now you've got the Biden administration in there. And his administration's new. So you can't point fingers at them. But you can absolutely point fingers at states like New York and California and North Carolina. Where the vaccine distribution has been an abomination. Roy Cooper's been in power for, since COVID started. So is Gavin Newsom. So is Andrew Cuomo. What is their excuse? Again. Easy to sit and point fingers and go, orange man bad, he doesn't know how to deal with COVID. But now it's been proven that the Democrats don't have a plan at all because they spent the last year attacking and destroying the Republicans over it. So do they really have your best interests at mind? I don't think so. You're watching what kind of joke this vaccine distribution is across the United States. Your local government didn't have enough time to come up with a plan. What were they doing for the last year? What was Mandy Cohen doing in the state of North Carolina for the past year? What was Roy Cooper doing in North Carolina for the past year? No plan in place for COVID? The vaccine rollout has been a joke. And what's the excuse? Because now they can't blame Trump. Because Trump's not, Trump's not in office anymore. You're going to blame Biden? No. Can't blame him. He's the wonder child. Can't blame Biden. So it's got to be somebody's fault. It sure as hell isn't their fault, right? It's never the government's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So this is where we stand. This is where we sit. 
beginning of February 2021. Been waiting, uh, you know, eight, six, eight months for a vaccine and it's here and people can't get it. Unavailable. The rollout's been a joke in a lot of places. Now, there's some states that have done it well. Good for them. Those state officials, those governors, those whatevers know how to get something done. And that's the big difference between, in my opinion, the left and the right. And believe me, there are plenty of Republicans that like to complain and don't do anything. But I think, as a, as a whole, I think the big difference between the left and the right, the conservatives versus the liberals, is the liberals just want to attack, attack, attack. The Democrats just want to attack, attack, attack. Everything you do is wrong. What's the better solution? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Again, it's easy to tear somebody down, but it's hard to lead. Right? It's hard to make a difference. It's hard to, to lead change. And you're seeing that right now. You're seeing a lot of that in the Republican Party as well. You saw it happen this past week. with um, Both with Liz Cheney and um, uh, Green from uh, Georgia. Taylor Green. Who was... Stripped her committee assignments this past week. Eleven Republicans voted to do that, and of course, you know, party line Democrats. Then you saw the same thing with with Liz Cheney, where now the Wyoming Republican Party has censured her, similar to what we saw with a um, a congressman in South Carolina last week or the week before. And that was over her vote to impeach Trump. So she appeared on um, Fox News Sunday with the incredible Chris Wallace this morning and had a couple things to say about it. I just Let's listen to this and then I've got a couple points I want to make. This still the party of Donald Trump and does Marjorie Taylor Greene still hold a solid place in that party? Chris, we're the party of Abraham Lincoln. We're the party of Ronald Reagan. Uh, we have to really take a hard look at who we are and what we stand for, what we believe in. Uh, I think it, when you look at both uh, his actions leading up to what happened on January 6th, uh, the fact that he uh, was impeached in a bipartisan fashion, uh, the fact that, that uh, he lost the presidency, the fact that we lost the Senate, uh, we have to be in a position where we can say we stand for principles, we stand for ideals. Uh, somebody who uh, has provoked an attack on the United States Capitol to prevent the counting of electoral votes, uh, which resulted in five people dying, who refused to stand up immediately when he was asked and stop the violence. Uh, that, that is a person who does not have a role as a leader of our party going forward. We have to make sure that we uh, are able to convey to the American voters we are the party of responsibility, we are the party of truth, uh, that we actually can be trusted to handle the challenges this nation faces like COVID. Uh, and, and that's going to require us to focus on substance and policy and issues going forward. But, but we should not be in Embracing the former president. Wow. So let's let's back this up here. There's a lot to to dissect in there. So the Trump's ideals were bad. Let's let's look at Trump's ideals. Right. He was pro small government. He was pro independent business. Right? He was pro legal immigration. He was pro people following laws. 
He was against sending our troops overseas to get blown up in the Middle East for no damn good reason. Those are just a couple, right? He was pro holding countries accountable like China, who have been taking advantage of the United States for 60 years now. Those ideals aren't good for the Republican Party. His ideals are very similar to Ronald Reagan's, who Liz Cheney says, oh, we're the party of Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan. Trump is a manifest of those two individuals. And, and I'm, again, we talked about this last week on the show. Liz Cheney's Republican Party is the Republican Party that nominated John McCain in 2008 and Mitt Romney in 2012, both who got destroyed by Barack Obama. So the Republican Party that Liz Cheney wants to be a part of, the one where she dwells as the swamp creature that she is, is, in fact, what she wants, right? She wants the establishment GOP back. She wants the 2008 and 2012 GOP where they lose and don't have to do anything. Right? Where they can lose the presidency and go, oh, Obama. Darn. Because that's easy. It's easy for Liz Cheney to lose and complain. But again, it's hard to lead. All this stuff works together. It's hard to lead. Nobody wants to lead. Trump is a leader. Say what you want about him. He was a leader. Did he always do it in the most appropriate manner? Did he always do it in the most PC way? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, Trump was a leader. Liz Cheney is not. You're listening to Against the Norm with Nick Craig. All right, welcome back to the program. 25 minutes till the top of the hour. This is Against the Norm. My name is Nick Craig. You can visit our website, atnshow.com, where you can download our podcast each and every week. You can also get the video version of the show there as well, atnshow.com. Going back to, to Liz Cheney's comment, right? She thinks she speaks for the Republican Party. And she's wrong. And there's a couple, well, there's a couple reasons she's wrong. First of all, her own... Republican Party in her own state has censured her, which I understand is mostly a, um, it, it doesn't really do anything, but it's a more of a show of, um, it's more of a disavowal than anything else. They are disavowing Liz Cheney. That's what they're doing. But when she says Trump doesn't speak for the Republican Party, you've got to go back, not just to 2020, but you have to go all the way back to 2016. Like many of you, I took part in a primary in 2016. And if you remember, there were a whole bunch of candidates who ran in 2016. There was like 15 of them. And Republican voters all across the country, from states like North Carolina all the way over to California, those states chose Donald Trump and Mike Pence to be the runners of the Republican Party for t- in 2016. You know who they didn't choose? John Kasich. You know who they didn't choose? Jeb Bush. 
or Carly Fiorina or Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz or Mike Huckabee. That's who they didn't choose. They chose Donald Trump. They chose Mike Pence. They chose make America great again. That's who they chose. They didn't choose the people that Liz Cheney would have wanted. Because my guess would be if Liz Cheney had a magic wand and could have picked the 2016 presidential candidate, she probably would have picked John Kasich or Jeb Bush. Because that those are the same individuals that are part of the swamp Republicans that she's part of. But they didn't. Liz Cheney doesn't speak for the Republican Party. You and I speak for the Republican Party. We chose Donald Trump in 2016 and then chose him again in 2020. Now, he wasn't victorious in 2020, and that sucks. That's terrible. I hate it. I think the country is going to be worse off because of it. But who is Liz Cheney, who has been disavowed by her own state's Republican Party? Who is she? And of course, Chris Wallace brings it on because he's just as bad as the rest of them. By the way, a registered Democrat, I'll remind you. But who is, who is she to speak for us, to speak for the people that, that worked their rear ends off both in 2015, 2016, and then through the 2020 presidential election? She doesn't speak for me. She doesn't speak for you. She obviously doesn't even speak for her own state. She doesn't speak for her own state. The Wyoming Republican Party censured Liz Cheney. Her own state Republican Party doesn't agree with what she stands for. But all of a sudden, what she says is gospel. What she says is the is the only way the Republican Party can go forward. I'll remind you one more time. Liz Cheney's Republican Party are the ones that lost in 2008 and 2012. And if they would have had their say in the 2016 presidential election, they would have lost then as well. Because if they would have put Jeb Bush or Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or any of these other jabronis up against Hillary Clinton, they would have lost. They absolutely, unequivocally would have lost. Nobody would have beaten Hillary Clinton in 2016 besides Donald Trump. Nobody. So this notion that the GOP was somehow better off before Donald Trump is something that you're going to hear over the next four years, and it's not true. History and facts are on our side. There is going to be an incredible power grab that takes place over the next two to four years. And we are going to have to, as Trump said, fight like hell to save the Republican Party. Because you can already see the seeds being laid by people like Liz Cheney. Who want control of the party back. To do what? I don't know. Because they don't know how to win. They don't know how to nominate a decent candidate. All they know how to do is lose. And that's evident in the last two elect or the prior to 2016, the previous two elections. Eight years of Barack Obama is because of the failure of Liz Cheney's Republican Party. The failure of John Kasich's Republican Party. The failure of Jeb Bush's Republican Party. And Marco Rubio's. And Ben Carson's. And Ted Cruz's. And Chris Christie. All of them. 
It was their failure. Their Republican Party failed you and I. So we stood up in 2016 and said, hey, enough. We are choosing somebody else to be our candidate for president. And Trump won 41 states in the primary. Had over 14 million votes in the 2016 Republican primary. Incredible. So, does Liz Cheney speak for you? Because she sure as hell doesn't speak for me. She definitely didn't speak for 14,000 Republicans in 2016. And she doesn't speak for 70,000 Republicans, or excuse me, 70 million Republicans that voted for Donald Trump just back in November of last year. She doesn't speak for them. We're going to have to be on our toes, folks. We are going to have to be ready to fight within our own party. It's going to be a gruesome battle. And I don't know what Trump's going to do. He might not be involved at all. And frankly, it doesn't matter. Because unlike what Liz Cheney says, we know that the ideals of Trump are nothing unique. Small government, pro-America. I mean, these are these are crazy outlandish ideas. But he was the first candidate to stand up and say it and really mean it and fight for it. There's your difference. Trump's ideals are not crazy. Trump's ideals are not controversial. They're not. If you look at what he actually supports, they're not crazy. It's very, very similar to what Ronald Reagan ran back on in the 80s. I mean, you can just flip through all of the Reagan quotes about government. Very, very similar to what Donald Trump had to say throughout you know, his four years in office as president. So it's nothing crazy. But what it didn't do was promote the establishment GOP. What it didn't do was allow the uh, Republican swamp-dwelling establishment hacks to do what they wanted. Right? Trump threw up road- roadblocks everywhere. And they were successful with some of their things. They had inside people that were able to convince Trump to make poor and bad decisions. But for the most part, it was unsuccessful. They lost. They lost in 2016. They lost in 2020. And now, and I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about the establishment GOP. They lost. And they are going to try like crazy to grip control of this party back. And the only way you stop them, it's not Trump, it's not a strong candidate, it's not Ron DeSantis, it's you and I. We've got primary elections coming up next year for the House and the Senate, and then we will have a general election in 2024. So we've got to make sure that we are on our toes. We have got to make sure that our head is on a swivel and ready to go. Because they are, and when I say they, again, I'm talking about the Liz Cheney Republican Party is going to try to bring this party back to the same losing mentality it had during eight years of Obama, 2008 and 2012. You can go look at those presidential elections. They were freaking disasters. 
Is that where you want to be again? Is that the Republican Party that, that you want to bring back? That's what Liz Cheney wants to do. That's what the 11 Republicans that voted to uh, throw Taylor Green out of her committees, that's what they wanted to do. They don't care about you and I. They care about having control. Right? That's all this is about. It's not about their constituents. It's not about their districts. It's about control. It's about who has more control over more people. That's the whole game. That's politics. Shouldn't be a surprise to you. It's not a surprise to me. So why are we so shocked? Why are we so surprised that all these swamp dwellers are going to try to come back and take control of our party? It is not going to happen on my watch, and I sure hope it doesn't happen on your watch. Stick with us. You're listening to Against the Norm. My name is Nick Craig. All right, final segment of the program. This is Against the Norm. My name is Nick Craig. Thanks so much for joining me. If you miss any portion of our show or want to check out the podcast or maybe even the video version of the show, you can do so on our website, atnshow.com. That's atnshow.com. If you're on social media, um, you can follow us on Gab. We're at ATN Show. Parlor is supposedly going to be back up this coming week. Um, there's a report that it's it might be back up as early as Monday. Um they said they'd be back up in January, and obviously, if you look at your calendar, it's February. So not holding too much hope on that, but poss- possible that they'll be back. So so keep an eye out there. You can find all the links for that on our website, atnshow.com. All right, so a couple quick things to, to note here as we wrap up the program. Um, obviously, good business has gone out the door, right? Everything is so political, right? As, as we noted earlier, you know, football and baseball, everything is political. Nothing's about business anymore. And that showed its head again this week with what Fox News did with uh, Lou Dobbs, who hosts uh, his program Lou Dobbs Tonight on uh, the Fox Business Network, which has been making a play over the past couple of years and has actually taken over CNBC uh, in terms of daytime ratings in, in most ratings books. Well, his show, Lou Dobbs Tonight, was the most watched show on Fox Business. So, they fired him. <laughs> they canceled the show. Lou Dobbs Tonight, its last show was on Friday, um, but it's gone. The show will no longer be on the air. He, by the way, wasn't fired. He's still under contract at Fox News. He's just, his show is, his show is canceled. His show is gone. And of course, this comes just a couple of days after um, a company, a Smartmatic, filed a $2.7 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News and uh, Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, and Janine Pirro. The company claims that the hosts uh, pre- uh, claim lies, disinformation about their role in the election. So another good one is gone. And Lou Dobbs, now, it, Lou, I didn't realize this, Lou Dobbs is 75 years old. I can't imagine he's going to um, jump back into another full-time hosting position. He might do a podcast or something like that. I know that's what uh, Mike Pence is going to be doing. Um, but, you know, hey, t- to each their own. So, obviously, good business doesn't matter because you wouldn't cancel your highest-rated show on your network 
unless it was all about politics, right? And that's what this is. So it's all about politics. It's all about attacking Trump. It's all about attacking Trump voters. But the miscalculation is that there's 70 million of us. But some people in the media, our friends over at MSNBC, they've got a plan for all of this, right? They've got a plan for all of us crazy Trump supporters. Let's listen into what Nicole Wallace had to say about us, Trump supporters, and what should be done with us over the next couple of years. Let's take a listen into that. And that is a bulletin released to all law enforcement earlier this week that there is until the end of April a persistent threat of domestic extremism, domestic uh, terrorism carried out in the ideology and around this belief that the election um, was fraudulent, that the COVID restrictions are unnecessary. All of those ideologies pushed by Donald Trump. But, but my question for you is around incitement. Um, we had a policy, and it was very controversial. It was carried out under the Bush years and under the Obama years of attacking terrorism at its root, of going after and killing, um, and in the case of Amr al-Awlaki, an American, a Yemeni American, with a drone strike for the crime of inciting violence, inciting terrorism. Mitch McConnell was in the Senate then. He was in the Senate after 9-11, too. How does Mitch McConnell, who understands that the way you root out terrorism is to take on, in the case of Islamic terrorism, kill those who incite it. How does he not vote to convict someone that he said on the floor of the Senate? So we need to be killed with drone strikes? That's what I took away. Nicole Wallace at MSNBC equated terrorists overseas that were killed with drone strikes under the Obama administration, the droner in chief, that's what Obama did. I mean, he, he killed thousands of people with drone strikes. It's just insane. Um, she said, well, we need to do that in the United States. We need to cut terrorism off at its roots. So is she saying that American citizens, everyday Joe Schmoes like you and I, need to be taken out with drone strikes? Maybe not quite drone strikes. Maybe maybe they just need to come to our house and lock us up. Maybe they just maybe they need to throw us in a cell and then and then toss the key out. That's what it sounds like to me. We're all domestic terrorists now. See, this is the play. And this is what you're going to hear. Anybody that supports the America first ideology, uh, uh, you know, ideology, anybody that su- supports holding countries like China and other countries accountable for taking advantage of the United States, those people are extremists. They're domestic terrorists. And Nicole Wallace seems to think that drone strikes <laughs> on U.S. citizens is a good idea. Boy, is that eye opening. Man, you're getting ready for work. You walk out to your car and you blow up drone strikes. Oh, but it would be okay because you're a domestic terrorist, right? You're an extremist. Yet Black Lives Matter was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize this year. A group that spent the entire summer of 2020 terrorizing and burning down cities. 
those individuals are nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. People that support Donald Trump, Republicans that support Donald Trump, those people are domestic terrorists. Those are extremists. And those individuals should be shot and killed on sight or should be blown up with a drone. That's not anything crazy. That's a fact. The, the Black Lives Matter was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. That's, a, that's just a fact. They were. So, destroying cities, burning down state and federal buildings, taking over parts of a city in Washington state, that is worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize. But standing up and saying, hey, we need to look into election fraud. Hey, we need to make sure that the 2020 election was fair and square. We need to make sure that whatever irregularities don't happen again. Those questions make you an extremist, a domestic terrorist. And according to Nicole Wallace at MSNBC, her words, not mine, you deserve. You don't deserve to live for that. She said, hey, the Obama administration, they took out terrorists with drone strikes. Okay. I, the only conclusion I can draw to that is that she wants the Biden administration to do the same thing. Why else would you make that comparison? What other relevance does that have? Unless you're indicating that people that are Republicans, people that are conservatives, people that supported the president, those people need to be treated the same way. This is what we're up against. We're not just fighting against people like Liz Cheney in the Republican Party. We're not just fighting against people like Mitch McConnell in the Republican Party. We're fighting against this on the other side. A full panel of people all nodding their heads and saying, oh, yes, absolutely. Shaking their heads. Nicole Wallace saying, oh, maybe we should uh, start blowing up some people. Maybe we should start drone striking people at their houses. Again, her words, not mine. Could you imagine if a Republican said, hey, maybe we should, uh, maybe it's Black Lives Matter is destroying cities. Maybe we should just start sending uh, missiles in blowing up those cities. Could you imagine what the response would be? Now, I know, of course, in the old joke, if, uh, Repu- if Democrats didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. That's a fact. And it just proves itself here again. Domestic extremists, domestic terrorists, as Nicole Wallace calls them, Trump supporters. Well, maybe the government should take those individuals and, uh, I don't know, she said, like the Obama administration, drone strike them. (laughs) That's encouraging. It ought to be a fun next few years, right? You thought you had big enough problems, now you have to worry about walking out of your house and getting blown up by a drone. Because Nicole Wallace and her cohorts over at MSNBC think that that's how you're going to stop pissed off people? That's how you're going to stop Republicans that feel like they were screwed out of a presidential election? Blow them up. Oh, yes, that's a great solution. But do you expect anything different from MSNBC? Do you expect anything different from the mainstream media? Of course not. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.